It's the Braincast, Braincast, the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, listen to the show Because you're in for the PopBrain.com Braincast, Braincast, oh Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Breakcast, the official podcast of thepopbreak.com. Uh, I am your beloved film editor. I say that sarcastically, of course, after uh, my review hit the web pages for this movie earlier this week. But we'll get into all that. But I am your film editor nonetheless, Daniel Cohen. Uh, joining me today is staff writer Tommy Tracy. Tommy, say hello. Hi there. All right. So yes, we're of course here to talk about the little movie called Thor Ragnarok. Um, so, well, okay, well first and foremost, as we always do, spoilers on! Alright, we're spoiling the film, uh, so if you haven't seen it, hit pause, see the film, come back and listen to the discussion. There you go, spoiler warning, we're done with that. Um, so look, Thor Ragnarok, I believe, is the 17th film, god, 17 already, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, this is Thor's solo, his third solo outing, I believe. Yeah, this is his third film. Uh, and I think he appear, he's appeared in two Avenger movies and I think a Doctor Strange post credit sequence, whatever. So, his third movie, Thor. So, you know, the, the first two Thor movies, I mean, I like the first one. I don't think the first one, it was met with decent praise, I think. Um, I've always said that Thor The Dark World... That was always the one that even Marvel fans were kind of like, yeah, yeah, not really a big fan of that one. Um, but so I think there was a but there was a lot of good hype surrounding this one. People were really excited about the direction that they were taking with the third Thor film, and obviously it's been met with a ton of praise, high Ron Tomato scores all over the place. It's been universally praised. I mean, the box office is just annihilating right now. I mean, ridiculous. I think it's already over 400 million worldwide, so it's it's all thumbs up for Thor. I mean, not for me. My review's on the site, but we'll get into that later. I think it's best. I think it's best though. Let's kick it off on a positive note. So I will kick it to Tommy first to give his overall thoughts on Thor Ragnarok. Tommy, go. All right. Well, uh, like most Marvel movies, I did enjoy this one. Um, However, I will say right off the bat, there's people I've been say, seeing uh, say that this is the best Marvel movie. It is not. I quite enjoy it. I think it's maybe kind of lower back of the top ten for me. Um, but the uh, the top top five, top three rankings that I've seen I think are pretty, uh, pretty insane, honestly. Um, it's fun. The action, I think, is the, some of the best action we've had in the entire MCU. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, you know, they've got their charm. Kate Blanchett was good as well. Uh, but like I said, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, it's not worthy of the the greatest of all time that it's getting, but I thought from a Thor standpoint, it's the best one we've gotten, and I enjoy the first one quite a lot as well. 
So, I mean, I, I, one thing I'll say on that is it's always interesting because you said, like, you know, you've been hearing from people that, oh, yeah, this is the best Marvel film, you know, so far. We always get that when these – not even – this isn't just relegated to Marvel, but, like, any superhero movie that comes out is people always say, like, this is the best one. I mean, that's just kind of, like, the typical immediate reaction, um, I think, that we always get with these movies. You know, we'll see over time if people still hold true to that. Uh, but that's interesting. All right, let me – so – Tommy, if you'll allow me, just let me bear my soul here for a little bit, um, because I want to take you through the re- through my review. I obviously, I don't like this film. I don't hate it, but I don't like it. Uh, you know, before, I, look, I mean, before I go into any movie, I certainly have my opinions and thoughts on how I think the movie's going to go based on trailers, the cast, the director, I, you know, whatever. Uh, and look, certainly with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm not a big fan of the the MCU. And when I looked at this Thor movie with the previews, to me it looked like, yep, it's just your prototypical Marvel movie, overstuffed, overloaded with humor. You know, it's gonna be what it's gonna be, and that's pretty much what I what I got. But when I sat down to watch the movie, I always with any movie I hit the erase button on all that stuff. Like I and I just kind of take the movie. You know, it is what it is. I just take it as it is. And I always look at it objectively, of course. Um, in fact, I was, you know, with this with this being a Marvel movie, I was even more conscious of that. I, I definitely wanted to make sure that I gave Thor Ragnarok its fair due. Um, I mean, oh my god, when I was writing the review for this, I actually, like, I saw it on a Thursday night. Uh, and so I wrote the review when I came back. Uh, and then, like, I randomly woke up in the middle of the night at, like, 3 a.m. I 3 a.m. I think, and I was like, you know what? I think I want to go uh, kind of do some more editing to my review. I mean, that's how seriously I took this Thor review because I knew it was going to get a lot of reaction because I didn't like it, and pretty much everyone else does. But there's no. I, I wanted, believe me, I wanted to come into this and love the film. I don't. I want to love every movie that I see. I never want to go into a movie theater and be miserable for two plus hours. I mean, that's ridiculous. Why would anyone want to do that? That's stupid. So I I wanted to love this film, but unfortunately, it just didn't hit for me. And it suffers a lot of the issues that I have with Marvel movies. And there's there's no personal bias here. I've had my issues with Marvel, but if they make a film I like, I'll tell you about it. I mean, earlier this year, I like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, a MCU movie. You can go back and listen to our podcast on that where I praise the film. And I've also, look, I've made no secret that I am a DC honk through and through. I just prefer their characters, but I've made, I've made no secret on the site. I hate Suicide Squad. I detest that film. And my thoughts and hopes for Justice League, I've made pretty clear. I'm not really optimistic. So Look, it just this film just didn't hit for me. I know it's hard for people to believe that that because Thor Ragnarok, like everyone else, likes it, and I'm not doing it to be like the cool contrarian. All I can do is give you my opinions on why I didn't like this movie and the feeling that I had while I was watching it. And when I was watching it, I groaned a lot. I pounded my knees a lot as I was watching it. I got really annoyed and. Look, that's it. I mean, that's the feeling I have watching Thor Ragnarok. I wish I loved it. I wish that we could have an hour and a half conversation where we're singing the praises of this film. But, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it. We'll have some disagreements. Maybe we'll even agree on some things. I don't know. Um, 
But before we before we actually get into the specifics with Thor, there's actually one topic I do want to bring up, and it's it's a topic that, quite frankly, has been talked about ad nauseum throughout superhero moviedom, especially in recent years. And it's a topic that I'm that I'm sick of talking about, but we're going to do it here, and that is the discussion of tone in superhero movies. You know, should superhero movies be serious, fun, dark, light, like yada, yada, yada? I just, this topic to me is overblown, and I certainly gravitate towards more the Dark Knights and the Logans of the world. I'll admit that. At the end of the day, though, I don't care what the tone of a superhero movie is. I just want it to be a good movie. You know, the reason, like, I don't like Batman versus Superman because it's a dark, heavy film. I like BVS because I just felt like the tone that they had fit the story they wanted to tell best. Whereas I can look at a movie like Deadpool, which is, you know, completely humorous and a comedy, but I love that film as well because I think that the approach they took with that character in the story that they wanted to tell worked best for that movie. So it's not about... Just we make so much about tone in superhero movies, like should it be this and should it be that? It's it's not that I have a preference for a certain tone. It's always about what tone fits best for the movie that they want to do. And we'll bring it back to Thor in a minute, and I'll talk about why it didn't hit, why Thor's tone didn't hit for me for that particular film. But you know, you look at a movie like The Amazing Spider-Man Two, whereas I think the studio told Mark Webb. Yeah, we don't care what movie you want to tell Mark Webb. We want you to make it this way. And that, to me, is forcing a light tone and why that movie just blew up in everyone's face. So, those are look, it's a topic that's been discussed a lot, as I mentioned. Those are my thoughts on tone as it relates to superhero movies. But, Tommy, I'm curious on what you think. You know, is there... Do you prefer a specific style when it comes to these movies? Do you mostly agree with me that... It should fit the tone, the story that they want to tell. Um, do you think we make too much of this topic? I, I, I'm curious on your thoughts on this. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a tricky topic sometimes. Uh, the key uh, reference I go to for tone for a superhero movie is going to be Batman. I always feel that Batman should have a darker tone because he's a darker, tortured sort of character in the comic books, at least. So when you have a darker Batman movie, you get you know the Dark Knight or Batman Begins. Tim Burton's Batman, and when you change that up, you unfortunately get Joel Schumacher. When it comes to other heroes, uh, such as Iron Man or, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, they usually have a much lighter tone in comic book lore, which is why the uh, original Iron Man works as a great action movie Mm -hmm. and a really fun comedy. Same with Guardians. When it comes to Thor... My two problems, or my problem with the first two movies, I should say, was the tone with them as they were trying to insert comedy in areas that didn't work, especially with the second one, where they tried to go for a darker tone and it, it just didn't work so well. My thought has always been, like, I like Thor in the comics. He's just essentially a big dum-dum for the most part. <laughs> okay. He's just, he's just an idiot, but he's got all this raw strength and he knows how to use his strength, which is why him and Loki work so well together because Loki's actually smart, but doesn't have the strength, which is why I actually like the tone for this one because it, you know, it pretty much throughout the whole movie, Thor is just an idiot. He has, he's trying to figure out how to get back home. Hmm. He's trying to figure out how to 
get off this planet, how to save his uh, home world. But he doesn't really know how to do it, which is actually why I liked the inclusion of, um, of course, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, his uh, his banter with Bruce Banner. Uh, and I really liked the Tony had with Valkyrie as well. It was humorous and they all looked at him like he was dumb. I think it, I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember the line, but I remember, uh, might've been Loki telling everyone that he's, you know, he's just a dumb person. Oh, uh, like it, like early in the film. Yeah. Early in the film. I think it was Loki. I, I could be mistaken. Um, I don't but, remember. Yeah, when, that's familiar. why I actually enjoyed the tone for this one as much because it it sort of took that Guardians vibe. It sort of took the the absurdity of it all and tried to make sense of it. It didn't hit one hundred percent. I would never say it did, um, but I'd say about seventy five, eighty percent of the time I was laughing. Um, and even with the more serious moments, we talked about this in the Spider Man podcast. How you know there would be serious moments and then they were undercut it with a joke that didn't work a lot of the time. And this one I felt for the most part when they tried to undercut a serious moment with a joke, it worked. And when they needed to be serious, they did. For instance, when, you know, Anthony Hopkins died, they could have, uh, or when Odin dies, they could have easily put a joke in there. And instead they didn't, they went right to Hela, uh, Hela coming in and, uh, a fight ensued and there was no comedy for that, you know, a good four or five minute span. And I thought that worked well. There was another scene where they're talking, Loki and Thor are talking about uh, their father and how it was like growing up. And I thought that worked as well because then again, they undercut it with a joke of Thor throwing Loki into the uh, the guards. And to me, that was something my brother would have done to me if like we were in this situation. He would have been like, oh, let's play this game as we're trying to stray away from a serious moment. So it was kind of all over the place. I'm moving my hands a lot. No one can really see me as I'm trying to <laughs> this. But uh, it was... I wouldn't say all over the place. It was an uneven tone, but I thought for the unevenness of the character, it worked well, if that makes sense. I So, well, first and foremost, I have a couple things to say that the, the scene you mentioned with uh, Odin uh, and his death. Now, I alluded to this in review. That, that's one of the few scenes I liked in this movie. They, I'm, thankfully, they didn't undercut that scene with a joke. I, I, I will say this, though. So, I mean, maybe you'll disagree. I... I like, even though I like that scene, I kind of thought Anthony Hopkins was mailing it in this movie, but that's me. Um, I also, I think your take on Thor's character is in this, in this movie is really interesting and in how you still kind of thought he was sort of stupid in this one. I, I have a couple things to say on that. I want to put a bookmark in that for a minute because I, I just want to stay on tone because the reason why this didn't this really didn't work for me this film is i actually so i i like the first thor movie a lot um i will agree that some of the stuff on earth faltered a little bit but i thought that all the family drama on asgard that kenneth brana brought was really good and i wanted to see that thor world continue into other movies Kenneth brought it in, come back for whatever reasons. I don't know. So they just got, you know, Mr. Whatever, Alan Taylor, and he delivered the film that he did. And Thor the Dark World is really bad. So, you know, that's why. So I, for me, I wanted to. I, I like the character arc in the first Thor, and that to me, I did see him as like the dumb jock, the arrogant jock, basically, in the first Thor. He gets humbled, and then he becomes a good leader. Very simple arc, but I liked it. He has to, you know, he goes through a good experience 
and by the end of the film, he's 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 more likable. He's learned his lessons. So I wanted to see that serious family drama continue throughout future Thor movies. Look, it is what it is. The Thor movies got the reaction that they did and that they're kind of met with mediocre praise. And so for this third one, you know, I can't fault them for doing that. They want to go more of a comedic route. And if that's what you, even though I don't agree with it, that's not the Thor movie I wanted to see, I'd be willing to give that a chance. My problem is, is that the humor in this movie doesn't work for me. I don't think it's unique humor. You know, I was, I look, even though I didn't have high hopes for this, there was part of me that was like, I've been hearing about this guy, Taika Watiti, and that he has a very clever, unique style of humor. And I'm sorry, that doesn't come across for me. When I see things like in the first scene where he's hanging from the chain and it's like the villain's given a speech and then Thor's like, oh, wait a minute, I got to turn around. There's a lot of slapstick humor to me that was really bad just a lot of lame jokes and oh look at that hulk's getting out of the bathtub naked and it's just like and then it's just things like you know oh the when um i think it's the carl urban character and he brings the 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 women up to his kind of like whatever the observatory whatever it is and he's trying to impress them um and you know they get slimed and it's like it's just such a lame joke and it's not and obviously, you can do a good slime joke like Ghostbusters is a great. But part of the reason why that works is it's a brilliant setup and you get the Bill Murray delivery of he slimed me. This isn't clever. This isn't a good setup. It's just you see it coming. They get slimed. It looks like something out of a Nickelodeon award show. And like, it's just and then and then just also stuff like I mentioned this in my review, but it's like, I'm sorry, they refer to Asgard as Asgard. I mean, like, that's. Like, these are the types of things where I'm willing to give the comedic angle a try, but that to me is stuff that, like, a middle schooler would make. Like, those are the types of jokes that we're looking at here. And then it's also the type of humor of, I mentioned it in my review, when Thor's getting a selfie, okay? Or it's Loki referencing when he gets smashed by Hulk in the first Avengers movie. It's that, damn Stan Lee cameo, I can't take those. It's it's stuff like that where I refer to it as a Saturday Night Live sketch. The movie stops, and it takes you out of the film. And that's the kind of stuff that really gets to me about Marvel, okay? Spider- you mentioned we talked about Spider-Man Homecoming. I had my issues with that film. I like Homecoming moderately better than this one, because I feel like a lot of the humor worked for the characters, in particular with Spider-Man, and you got a lot of great moments between him and, you know, Aunt May, and there was some good stuff with the Vulture that I liked, but some of the stuff with Happy Hogan, for example, that was Marvel humor, where it takes you out of the movie. And so that's why it's not just about me bemoaning humor in superhero movies, it's the way it's executed, Humor, the humor in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, though that stuff is natural and it's organic to the characters and it's very clever. This stuff to me, all those jokes that I just mentioned, it's just jokey, it's shtick, and that's why it doesn't work for me. I mean, do you can you see where I'm coming from, or do you think that, or for you, did that style of humor still work in this film? Uh, so I'm glad you asked. Uh, okay. The, you mentioned a few of the jokes that I did not like. Uh, for instance, the Asgard, um, which got like a smirk on my face when I saw it. Like, oh, yeah, there's, you know, again, like you said, that's a joke I would have made in middle school. 
uh, the slime from the uh, from the dragon when it gets cut off on the Rainbow Bridge. You know, very very cheap. There's another one that um, I cannot remember the character's cr- name. Whole, I mean, Thor crashing through the trying to crash through the window. That was awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a joke that the uh, that the Rock character makes um, about like, oh, you know, if the foundations are still intact, you know, it'll be fine when Asgard's getting uh, destroyed. And right when he said it, I was like, yep, and it's going to get destroyed. And then he's going to be like, nope, nope, it's not fine anymore. They're gone. And he made the joke. Not funny. Uh, however, I did enjoy the callback to Avengers with Thor getting smashed and Loki jumping up. I thought that was perfect timing for that. I, I mean, I, 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 if you, I guess if you really, really love Marvel and the Avengers, I, 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 can, I can buy into that one. I got you. Yeah, see, I still consider the first Avengers the best Marvel movie. Okay. Um, and I really enjoyed Tom Hiddleston's performance in that. Um, that joke landed for me. There was other ones like um, Thor in the Chains, or not Thor in the Chains, but Thor in the uh, in the little cell talking to the the skeleton. I found very funny, um, and I thought honestly the best the best comedy came between Hulk talking to Thor. Um, not you know coming out of the bathtub naked again, very childish, but their banter back and forth was kind of a a sad type of humor where both of them felt like they didn't belong, especially Hulk. He felt like he didn't belong in the Avengers. And essentially I felt Thor was trying to cheer him up by making these jokes about like, no, everyone thinks you're, you know, the strongest Avenger. You're not dumb. And then once he's Bruce Banner, he says, no, everyone likes Bruce Banner. You know, he's really scientific. That's why everyone thinks you're the best Avenger. I, I, I like, I really enjoyed the scenes. I thought Chris Hemsworth really brought a lot of substance to that. Mm. See that okay, I'm actually glad you brought that stuff up. And this is actually a great transition into Thor himself. I think on paper, I you know what, those scenes could work for me. The 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 scenes between Thor and Hulk. And I liked I liked a little bit of it. I I referred to it in my review as it just at times it just felt like they were too childish. That's why I didn't really like it. I mean the stupid Avenger thing, I just didn't work for me. I, I didn't like that dialogue. I so this is where we're gonna have a disagreement here because look, Chris Hemsworth is fine in this movie. I, I just it's you know nothing personal. I just don't think he's that strong of a performer. I think that's a big reason, quite honestly, why the movie doesn't hit for me is because if you really want to do a comedy here, okay, and you know, I say this all the time, comedy is hard. It's really hard, okay? And when I look at a movie like Baywatch earlier this year, a big reason why it stinks is because they get a lot of these actors and look, they're trying their best, but they don't, they don't know comedy. Like you can't just throw people in and just say like, Hey, do these jokes. I I just don't, I don't get this need to, for Chris, like why people think that they're like, why people are trying to force Chris Hemsworth into these comedic roles. I just don't think he's that funny. I don't think he's a strong performer, and therefore I don't think his delivery in a lot of these lines are that strong. Like, the stuff where he's talking about, like, oh, yeah, you know, I like you, you're the science guy, and then he flips it on his head. Maybe on paper that could work. And Hemsworth, it's not that he's bad there. I just didn't particularly find him very convincing in those moments. And if you really need him to sell some of these comedic bits, um, look... He carries the movie fine. I I just feel like I really think the best Hemsworth performance was in that first Thor movie because I felt like Kenneth Branagh got a lot out of him. And where the humor 
in the first Thor movie for me worked a lot better actually is because he's still acting like the arrogant jock. He's not trying to be funny, but the situation around him is funny. When he's demanding, you know, more coffee in that diner, or when he goes into the Pet Express or whatever in like ser- like with with a straight face, ask for a Pegasus. Like to me that actually that humor actually worked. Um I just don't think the shtick here with him worked as well. You know, I think I do want to go back to something you said where you still kind of thought he was dumb in this movie. I actually, to me, part of the reason why I don't, I thought that Thor was one of the least interesting characters in this movie is because I don't think he goes through a character arc here. I think he's the, I think he's the same guy as he is in the beginning as he is in the end of this movie. Like, I think he's been humbled. He's learned his lessons and he's just trying his best to get back to Asgard and save it. And that's really it. Like, I don't like to me, I didn't really see any big character developments throughout this movie for Thor. Um, but like, I'm, I'm actually curious to see, to, to see what you think. Like, where were the moments where you thought he was kind of dumb or do you disagree with me? Like, do you think that Hemsworth character changes at the end of this movie from the beginning? And just one more thing I'll just add to that is to me, realizing that Asgard is, you know, it's not just a specific place. It's, you know, like a state of mind or whatever. And, you know, Asgard can be anywhere because of its people. Like, that's not, that's not a character arc to me. That's more of a story plot. But I'd be curious to see about your thoughts on Hemsworth's performance. And also, do you think he goes through a character arc in this movie? Um, not, not so much. No, he does not go through a huge character arc. I mean, I, I think he, he changes a little, um, from, you know, not really wanting to be king of Asgard to realizing that he needs to, but it's not that huge of a character arc, not even remotely close to what he does in the first one. Like, as you said, he's, you know, basically an asshole. He's a jock. He's the kind of guy who's like, I'm, I'm the strongest. And he gets humbled because he no longer has the power and has to earn the power back. And this one, no, he really doesn't go through a huge change. Um, However, I I did really, I could feel the emotion with him uh, aside from the jokey parts. Like when, when Odin dies, um, I think the subtle little hint in his, uh, or in, actually in Tom Hiddleston's eyes where, you know, Tom Hiddleston does not like Odin, but he, he, um, he emotes a little bit in his eyes to where he is actually upset. And I mm-hmm. really like that in contrast to um, uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, who is, you know, Thor's the type of character that shows his emotion by screaming or yelling or fighting. And I, you know, I think he does that very well. That's, a lot of people's reaction to when a loved one dies when Asgard uh, gets blown up at the end or essentially blown up. He, you know, you see it on his face, even though I'm going to make a really bad joke. He can only see it out of one eye because he gets his eye ripped out. Um, but you can, you can see it on his face. He's like, that's my home. You know, that's where my, my mother died. That's, you know, where I hope my whole life is from. And I think it's just this little subtle hint in his, uh, in his eyes and the way his kind of face drops that he's, he's realized that he has to be king of these people. Right. Um, and in, in the comics, Asgard is sort of a, you know, it's where the people lie is where the Asgard's home is. And I think he's, uh, you just, I, I feel a lot of emotion on his face at the end where he's like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm going to make my people, me and my people are going to make home somewhere. We'll find out where it is. Um, whether we do or not, we'll probably be in infinity war, but 
that last little bit with him is what I really enjoyed through his performance. I see. I wish I wish I saw what you saw. I just didn't find it that effective. Like I see what you're saying. Like you know when he's looking down at Asgard imploding. You know I want to feel that emotion, but I just. I just didn't get it from his performance. And like, I, you know, I, again, I think that Hemsworth has been good before, especially in that first Thor movie. I just think he needs a stronger director presence. Um, you know, I, it's actually interesting, you know, you brought up Tom Hiddleston and I think that is, you're, you're kind of outlying part of why I just couldn't connect with this movie is because I thought at every turn, there is always a more interesting character juxtaposed with Thor in every scene. And you talked about that scene when when Odin dies. Uh, I did find Tom Hiddleston more interesting. And it's so funny because the character of Loki, I just can't stand anymore. And I liked him a lot in the first film because he was... I liked his emotional breakdown of finding out that he was adopted. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting arc for him. And so you really kind of feel... That's why he was one of the better Marvel villains early on is you could really connect with his pain and you understand why he was doing the things he was doing. But, like, in the Avengers, you know, he's just kind of like the wonky villain. And, I mean, there's a couple of nice scenes with him and Thor in the first Avengers. And then just Thor the Dark World, he's just completely obnoxious. And I just... And I, I was really dreading his performance going into this. He's actually one of the few characters I did like in this movie because I think that Taika Watiti toned him down. Uh, and there actually was more subtlety in Hiddleston's performance. So that was one of the bright spots to me with Hiddleston in this movie. Um, but, you know, and actually, I, you said it in your pregame, like, you you found, you like Hiddleston as Loki more as the villain and not so much as the hero. How did you think about his performance in this particular movie? Uh, yeah, I thought he was great. I mean, he's uh, he's been my favorite part of every Thor-centric movie, so Thor 1, Avengers, Thor 2, and this one. Um, he he brings uh, something that I can't even really describe in it. He's mischievous, obviously. He's the god of mischief. He's He can be funny. He can be serious. He can be emotional. Uh, there's the, the scene with Doctor Strange where he has him falling, and I'm thinking as he's, he's moving Thor around the mansion, I'm like, where's – like, Loki's been falling in this whole – for a while, and then as soon as Loki appears, he drops on the floor and says, I've been falling for 30 minutes, and you know he's pissed, you know he's angry, he's embarrassed, and I think Hiddleston put a lot of uh, different type of emotions in there, like the ones I mentioned. Really funny scene, made me laugh. Um, you know, the the sadness with uh, his father dying. There was... Um, I, I What I really like about Loki is you never know where he's going to go, and it's a lot like the comic book counterpart, is he going to turn on Thor or is he going to uh, – in the comics, there's uh, stuff where he has with Hela where he's you know, uh, turning on her and not – so I really like – you never kind of know where he's going to come from. And I think Tom Hiddleston plays that perfectly. He uh, – when Thor is in the Grandmaster's uh, chamber and, and he sees Loki and Loki's like, oh, I don't, I don't know him. And then Thor's like, we're brothers. And he's like, yeah, we're adopted. Uh, he, you know, he's like embarrassed to have Thor there and I, I really enjoy – just just kind of I feel like it's it's written, but uh, Hiddleston himself, I feel like improvs a lot of stuff, at least by the way he acts. He's he's doing a lot of improvisation. So, all right. Uh, first of all, in that scene with Dr. Strange, so the falling joke, that wasn't bad. What I absolutely I wanted to put um, Mjolnir. Is that how you pronounce this hammer? Mjolnir? I can Mjolnir, never remember. Yeah. yeah so uh, <laughs> this is I'm, I'm repeating a joke I made in my review. But the scene where ah he takes that umbrella 
and it's just smashing, it's smashing through Doctor Strange's library, and you're, like, waiting for it to come back to him, that's the kind of joke where I, I just, I, I want it to explode. Oh, God, that was annoying. Ugh, just, uh, See, I, I, I'd agree to that one, but the uh, hand where Strange keeps teleporting him around the house, and Thor's getting kind of queasy, I, yeah, I think it's funny, because that's kind of how I, I feel every one of us would be. Doctor Strange has a hold of his powers, Thor has no idea what's going on. And he's like, could you please stop doing that? You know, that's exactly something that I would I'll, say. I'll give you that one, but the umbrella joke just drove me insane in the movie theater. I think the guy next to me thought I was, like, having a heart attack or something. But uh, <laughs> but Hiddleston, so, you know, it's interesting because I, I, think, I think there's actually a humbling of Loki's character in this movie that I liked. You know, he's not, like, you always think of Loki as the guy who's ten steps ahead of everyone, especially Thor, where he's like you know, way smarter than a guy like Thor. But I actually like that Loki at times was kind of pathetic in this one. Like and like one of the and one of the reasons why I actually don't think Thor is that dumb in this one is because the scene where they're going to the ship and Loki tries to trick him and Thor's like, yeah, I'm gonna stun you. Like I knew that you were gonna do that like ten minutes ago. That was a good character flip. Like it's actually Thor is the one who's, you know, learned a little something from Loki and actually pulls one over on him. That wasn't bad. Um, and so I actually like that idea that you actually get a little bit of a humbling for Loki in this one. Uh, he was always kind of like the guy who just, his tricks, like, you know, the Grandmaster kind of had control of him. He was really sniveling and kind of a weasel in this one, but like he always, his plans always seem to fall flat on their face in this one. Even in the beginning when he's disguised as Odin, like Thor immediately brings him back and it's like, like with barely an effort. So I kind of like that he was a little – his tricks were a little pathetic in this one, um, and he wasn't the guy who was always 20 steps ahead of everyone. Um, So, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying it, but Loki was actually one of the bright spots to me in this film. One of the characters I do want to get to, and it's one of the things that I think is a strength in this movie and also a frustrating weakness. So let's talk about – Tessa Thompson as that's yes Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie this was a really good character and I think where I enjoyed this character with her especially with her humor is her drinking problem that stuff was funny I liked her stumbling off the ship like that first scene that first scene yes I immediately get it like I get her character and then she has the scene where she basically it's like a ripoff of Animal House but that's okay where she downs that uh, beer in like two seconds that's funny and that's what i'm talking about it's that's the type of humor that is organic to the character it's not just there for the sake of jokes i think we're i think where i'm frustrated is they could have done so much more with this character like to me she's just she's too much in the background and like there's there's some definitely some good scenes and what's frustrating is is that you have you could really develop her relationship with Thor better. Like, there's definitely something there, but this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about with Marvel and drives me up the wall, is Thor and her, there's one point where Thor and her are having a conversation, okay? But what's in the background? It's Hulk bouncing that damn ball against the wall, and it's completely distracting, and it's like, I want to focus on this conversation that these characters are having, like, there could really be something here. You know, they're developing some kind of relationship, whether it's a friendship, you know, maybe they hint at kind of like a romantic involvement. I don't know. But once again, it's Marvel saying, 
we have to make sure we cram something clever here. You know, we want to give the audience something to laugh about. I know people are hearing this and they're like, Dan, you're overreacting, but I'm sorry. It's like, those are the kind of little things. And it's the same stuff that happened in Spider-Man Homecoming, where it's these unnecessary scenes of humor that they incorporate that detract from the character development that could be going on. But you're, um, but I would be curious on your thoughts on her character and whether you think they could have done more with her, or you know, were you satisfied with Valkyrie in this movie? Um, yeah, I thought I thought she was uh, a pretty interesting character. Um, I really enjoyed Tessa Thompson's performance. I think she's uh, done great work so far. I, I do agree they could have added a little more substance to her. Like you get the alcohol problem, you get that she's kind of you know got this tortured past with Hela killing all of uh, the other Valkyrie, and she just kind of wants to forget about it, and that's what she uses to drink. I I thought when she was funny, she was very funny. When she was kicking ass, she was kicking a lot of ass. Awesome, awesome fight scenes with her. Sure. But at the same time, there was a little to be desired. Um, I thought that she could have been in it a little more, or at least, you know, had a little more to say. A Instead, she more. just sort of, like Thor says one thing, like, Oh, I didn't know the Valkyrie were cowards. And she's like, okay, cool. Then I'll come along with you. I wish there was kind of a little more, uh, you know, turn in her character to be like, no, you're right. And this is why I should, I want revenge. And she sort of says it where she's like, uh, either way I can get drunk or I can die. She sort of says it, but it, it, I think it could have been written a little better. Right. And you, and we'll get to hell in a minute, but like, yeah, like that's what I'm talking about. Play that relationship up more. Like this is a person who wiped out like her whole family. And, you know, I guess now can you actually help me out now? Is her name actually Valkyrie or is it just, she's just referred to as that because she was part of the Valkyrie. I'm confused on that. Uh, So they changed it uh, a lot. Actually, Valkyrie is actually her character name in the comics. Um, and her real name is like Brun Brunhild or you know something weird as guardian name I can't even pronounce. Um, and then there's the Valcor or Val Valkyrior, which is the group. So they kind of just instead of saying Valkyrior and making it really confusing, they just made the group called Valkyrie. In the comics, this character's actual name should be Valkyrie. So, but 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 I think like at the end, you know, you kind of like you see them fight like a little bit, and they have like a like a very small back and forth with Valkyrie and Hela, but it's like, uh, and then she just kind of goes away. Um, and it's really more about Thor and, and, and Hela. And it's just like, yeah, like play that conflict up. I mean, that, that could have strengthened, I think the villain as well. And that leads us to Kate Blanchett as Hela. And this is where uh, I'm sorry, but I know this was something that everybody was really looking forward to was Kate Blanchett as the villain here. Okay. And look to Marvel's credit, you know, they're one of their biggest weaknesses and even the biggest MCU fan will admit to this. Their villains have sucked. Now this was, this was kind of a weird year because I actually think you got two really good Marvel villains, um, with ego and, uh, and, uh, the vulture in Spider-Man homecoming. He was definitely one of the better parts of that movie easily. Uh, and so this was kind of, so Marvel seemed like they were kind of changing their way with villains here. And even though I didn't have high hopes for Thor Ragnarok, this was one of the aspects of the film I was really looking forward to. It's just, you got Kate Blanchett. Do not waste this, okay? And to me, I'm sorry. Maybe you're going to disagree with me. But to me, she was just Ronan, uh, you know, 
the yellow jacket guy in Ant-Man, you know, Dr. Zayas or whatever the hell his name is in, in Doctor Strange. I don't remember. Uh, just, just another stock. Nah, I want to take over Asgard and blow everything up. Nah, whatever. I mean, look, by, by, because it's Kate Blanchett, by her mere presence, she'll bring something to it. But to me, this was just another whatever villain. And the reason, so one of the things I talked about in my review was I feel like the screenwriters knew that they didn't, and the director knew that they didn't have a lot to add for her. And so that's why, to me, there are certain moments in her delivery in tenor where she just comes off as a Marvel character. A specific example on what I mean by that is when she's she's kind of facing the court of Asgard and all the soldiers are there and she's kind of like trying to display her power. Like she gives her a big speech and then there's kind of like a few people there uh, who kind of revolt against her and who don't want to bow to her whims. And then she says like, did, did people just not even hear what I said? Like the way she delivered that line was to me to just, it was very marvelized and it was just very jokey. And to me, that wasn't character that was just trying to mask what they didn't write for the character. I really wanted a great villain here. You didn't get it. Do you agree or strongly disagree with me on this one? How did you feel about Hela? Uh, I think we got a, a decent villain. She is nowhere near uh, Ego or the Vulture, in my opinion. Right. I still think Marvel's 3 for 3 on good villains this year, not 3 for 3 on great villains. Um, unfortunately, like you said, Marvel's villains, for the most part, are awful. Uh, you've got Loki probably at the top, and Ego and Vulture would be two and three. And then, who, and then there's a big drop off, and then you have like the uh, you know, I'd probably I don't know, put Hella as the four, Tom Savage of very the low four. <laughs> All uh, right, so you, oh man, you would put Hella as I guess I, I would probably put Jeff Bridges as four, but that's me. You know what? You're right. Yeah, Jeff Bridges might be four. Okay. Hella maybe a five. Um, I did not dislike her. I I thought the you know, you know, Kate Blanchett's going to be great in anything, even if the movie's terrible. Look at Kingdom of the Crystal Skull if you want to go any further than that. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> but I, I liked her revenge plot. You know, she just wanted to basically be the main part of or, or the main heir to Odin's throne. I like that. I just felt it wasn't uh, articulated very well. Um, you know, there could have been a lot more time spent on her. I don't think we spent enough time on Hela. Um I enjoyed her scene where she's, you know, in the in the tomb and she's knocking over the Infinity Gauntlet because that's something I feel someone would do who feels like they have that, you know, right to the throne. Um, but like you said, yeah, she left a lot to be desired. You, OK, and you know what? It's like you don't this is my problem with Hela is you don't like we understand like, yeah, great. She's really powerful, but there's no they don't explore that in a very creative way at all. Like, it's just like, yep, she just, like, blows someone up or something. I don't even remember. It's like, come on, let's, like, let's see this character's villainy. Like, you know, it's... So, actually, I'll compare this to X-Men Apocalypse, okay? So, not one of the stronger X-Men movies. I think you and I can both agree on that one. Um, And even, you know, and I felt like Apocalypse was kind of okay at times. But one of the scenes that I loved about Apocalypse is when he takes Eric to uh, the remains of Auschwitz. And he just emotionally manips Magneto like you wouldn't believe. And that's, like, that is great villainy. Like, that is a good villain. Okay? So, and then also, (laughs) 
and this is going to really tick people off, but like part of the reason why I like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor is just there's this unsettling vibe to him. Like there's a real personality to him. I don't get a personality from Hela. Like, you know what? I'll give you an example of something I think that could have worked is she's there's that scene where she's walking by the eternal flame, right? Like what if she just walked by it and just took a big spit into the flame? Like that's like, those are the types of little things that I think could have enhanced her character. But again, they don't do anything creative with her. She's just, yeah, here's my power. You know, I'll make you blow up or whatever, or I'll, I'll drive a sword through you. I mean, I get it. She destroys Thor's hammer. Like, great, but really she just smashes it with her hand and, like, that's it. Like, d- do do more. Like, I mean, that's, it's just, it's just so frustrating. You get Kate Blanchett and it's just a complete waste. Um, so that was definitely one of the more frustrating aspects for me with Hela. Um, so, I mean, I think we're kind of in agreement there. I mean, it seems like you like her a little bit more because you have her fourth in your, or fifth in your Marvel villain rankings. I actually, you know, I actually kind of like Mickey Rourke as Whiplash, but oh, convers- <laughs> oh, conversation, I, 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 just because, I, just because I'm such a big fan of Mickey Rourke. So. Oh, listen, I love Mickey Rourke too. And I oh, thought he brought an intensity to Whiplash. I, I, I did. He was interesting. I'll give him that. I like, I mean, but it's just like, I mean, I know people are going to laugh at this, but just the little things like his thing with the bird, like that's a character trait that is unique and and odd and just kind of, or even if you look at someone like Bane in the Dark Knight Rises where uh, it's the scene right before he's about to blow up the stadium and all of a sudden he's commenting on the kid's voice and it's like, oh, that is just like, like you just like kind of unsettling and nasty like this really evil guy he's about to blow up the stadium and then all of a sudden he's just he find he in that creepy tom hardy voice like that's kind of like that's the kind of villainy and character development that you know you don't see a lot with these marvel villains it's little touches like that um but let's talk about all right i I mean i guess we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about mark ruffalo as bruce banner (laughs) um so i thought the hulk was fine um, solid. I mean, I really don't have any issues with him. He did his job well. I, I'm a big fan of Mark Ruffalo, uh, as an actor. I think he's great. Like, his performances in Foxcatcher and Spotlight are fantastic. Um, and so, I, he, he is really one of the, one of the things about the MCU that I like. I always appreciate Mark Ruffalo when he shows up. I just wish they gave him more to do once he actually reverts back to Bruce Banner, I kind of like I kind of like when he transforms back into Banner and he's just like completely in a haze and lost and like he's just not like like he still thinks he's back in Avengers Age of Ultron and he's asking about like did we win like he has no clue what the hell's going on so I kind of like that but I, like otherwise though I just kind of felt like they relegated him relegated him to a lot with like physical comedy um it just like, you know, fine. I just feel like he was another kind of underutilized character. What, what did you think about Ruffalo and the Hulk in general in this one? Um, I think I touched on the Hulk a little bit. I really I, – I thought for the most part he was pretty funny. Like I liked him and Thor's kind of back and forth. I, I loved, loved their fight in the battle arena. I thought that was fantastic, the highlight of the film for me. Um, I also really liked when he turned back. He said he was in a daze. He kind of had no idea what was going on. And Ruffalo played that with like the right amount of, you know, quirkiness. Um, I, 
Another line that really made me laugh, and I think this is only funny if you've ever worn skinny jeans, is when he's wearing <laughs> Tony's clothes and he's like, why does Tony wear his pants so tight? I was almost crying. I was laughing so hard because I was like, that's me in high school right there. Totally understand it. Um, and I actually really liked when he turned back into Banner and he was talking with Valkyrie and neither could figure out why they knew each other. I thought that was a small little cute detail because him and Valkyrie had a nice connection when he was Hulk. And then another scene that was a, a, a smirk of just stupidity is when he's about to jump out of the uh, the carrier and says, you're about to find out who I am. And you're expecting, oh, he's going to turn to the Hulk and land and fight Ferriner the dog. And instead he just bounces off. <laughs> Again, it was just an idiotic joke, but they put a quick smile on my face. It was and again, I all yeah, that, that was, was better. That was it was saying. better than the one where Thor tries to jump through the window and he can't. I mean, so I'll give it a little more credit, but that was an annoying joke. I just, right. I, because, just only because at that point I was just like, I don't care and I want to leave. But right. I, I'll, I mean, a little more clever though. I got gotcha. you. I did, uh, but I, I didn't do. Uh, it, uh, sorry, enjoy Ruffalo. Um, as you said, you know he's a phenomenal actor. He he gives it a hundred percent every time he he's on screen. Um, and I, I really liked his dynamic with everyone. I mean, when he's, you know, he does the voice, voice of the Hulk as well. Um, so he had like, you know, the uh, the uh, attraction to Valkyrie. He, uh, when Thor is <laughs> Thor is giving him the uh, the sun goes down that um, that Natasha gives him in Age of Ultron. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, is that <laughs> what that was for? I couldn't like why they like I was like why do they keep repeating this like. But that was that was okay. Yeah, I've only seen Avengers Age of Ultron down. once. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so – and I thought that was funny because, you know, there's an awkwardness, uh, unjustly so, between men trying to, you know, be emotional with other men. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I also I, – I also died laughing at the line where he's trying to get into the helicarrier and he says, Banner, Bruce, and then the helicarrier says, strongest Avenger. thought that was funny because it has that whole thing with Thor leading up to trying to get his – and he has to say point break to get access to the helicarrier. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was a little, that was, you know, a decent inclusion of kind of like the Tony Stark presence in the movie, um, even though he wasn't in this. Uh, I, I, okay, so I actually, the one, one of my favorite moments from the film, I will say, uh, and this is just the kind of stuff I just wish they did more of, but when Hulk sees uh, Black Widow on the screen, and that's when he like flips out and reverts back to Banner. Like, that was a good scene. Because, like, that's one of the few things I liked about Age of Ultron was that relationship. And so, in that one, they didn't play up for humor. Like, that was Hulk having an emotional response. That worked for me. Um, So, you know, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, look, Ruffle, like, he always brings it. Like, it's always good to have Mark Ruffle in the movie. Um, You know, I, I just, I can't. I just can't remember like a real standout moment with Ruffalo himself in the film. I, I just think he was just kind of solid. And uh, I actually, you know, I mean, clearly they did the right thing because I think he was a big part of the marketing for this film. And it's probably a big reason why uh, it even got the weekend box office that it did is because people really do like his Hulk. But I think it would have been interesting if you didn't know the Hulk was going to be in this movie and then you sat down to watch it. And then Hulk comes out of that arena. That would have been pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. But, but of course, As someone who's an advertising major right now, I absolutely <laughs> agree that they they ruin great surprises with with trailers. Now it's really unfortunate. I mean, 
you know, the last Jedi trailer I've only seen once and refused no, to we're watch. Not gonna, we're not going to talk about that. But we're but 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 you know, you have to understand it from a marketing perspective. Like, you know, it it clearly like to advertise that character to be in the movie, like it worked for them. So it does kind of suck though. It's the Blade um, Runner thing. If I did not see Harrison Ford in the trailer and then saw Blade Runner twenty forty nine and he appeared out of the shadows, it would have been incredible. But unfortunately, I, I definitely get why they have to put it in there. All right, well, let's talk about uh, – well, I, I mean, I guess, I guess we got to talk about Jeff Goldblum. So, so <laughs> – the wizard, the wizard of Uz. Yeah, so Grandmaster um, – so, look, this was one of the things I knew I was going to like going into the movie. Uh, look, he was great. I Jeff Goldblum was born to play that role, snarky, just kind of off-kilter. And that's – as I was watching his performance, like, that's – and I alluded to this in my review – like that's the kind of thing I wanted to see more of with the humor in this movie is that kind of weird off kilter vibe. Like that's what I really thought that Taika Waititi was going to bring to this movie. But again, I just felt like a lot of, I mean, I've already rehashed this, but you know, just like lame physical humor, like slime jokes, just stuff that just didn't hit for me. I really thought you were going to get kind of a James Gunn esque vibe, like really offbeat type of jokes you got that with Grandmaster. I would have liked his. I would have liked that to be to have a ripple effect throughout most of the other movie. But look, you know, it was great to have Grandmaster there. Goldblum nailed it. Um, frankly, I would have liked to have seen more of him. But yeah, no, there's, there's. I don't like this movie very much, but there's no way I'm going to complain about him in this film. It was great. Oh yeah. Um, I mean. I always feel like Jeff Goldblum uh, has his own uniqueness to everything he does. And it, you you hit the nail on the head when you said he played that kind of just offbeat snarkiness. It's it's kind of the role that he should – that he, he excels at. Um, I <laughs> – there there is a way that he talks. Um, and if you've never seen a Jeff Goldblum movie, <laughs> y- you need to. Um, but I don't think that's possible he, to yeah, avoid There's just a way he talks that – you you believe that that's how the character has always spoken and um that you know that's credit to the to the actor himself to take this role and kind of just be Jeff Goldblum in it which i think worked right no i mean look he's he there's only one Jeff Goldblum uh you know he's he's definitely unique and uh yeah there's like i said i i just don't think there's much else to say he was he was the highlight for me going into the film he was the highlight for me coming out uh i I just as i said you know again i'm not opposed to you know humor in these movies i just wish we got more of that weird vibe throughout most of the film um goldblum was awesome one of the characters i want to talk about because i this is the character i just i really really did not like um and it was actually i didn't know this until after the fact um but it was Taika Waititi doing the voice. Um, it was that rock guy, Korg. Korg, yeah. Look, this is this is really the the character in the part of the film where it was Disney overload for me. Just, just I I kind of liked him at first, but they go they go overboard with him. Um, just he keep like that joke with um when he keeps referring to Doug, you know, dead Doug. It's like, oh my god, enough! Like they they ran that joke into the ground, and this was just to me like this character was just it was too, you know, cutesy. It was way too kid friendly. 
Um, like, whatever. I'm sure he'll sell a lot of action figures. But the exclamation point onto why this character was just way too much in my face is, like, when he's holding the pink slime dog at the end. It's just like, oh, like, cut me a break. It was just... Like, to me, when you compare it to something like BB-8, okay? Like, BB-8 to me, like, very cute character, but they don't overexpose him. Like, he's used at just the right moments, and when they use him, you know, he's funny. Like, he does his joke and he gets out. Like, the thing with the with the lighter, like, quick, funny, great, move on to the next thing. To me, Korg, it was just too much. You know, it, just, just running the same jokes into the ground, like I mentioned, um... that character was just really annoying for me or even when you compare it to someone like baby Groot like a big worry for me with guardians of the galaxy volume 2 was i thought that they were going to overexpose baby Groot but no they they used him in spurts they used him at the right times he did his joke and then they moved on to the next thing like completely great but this i mean i i'm sure everyone loved korg and you know i'm being a big negative nelly here but he was just a big annoying part to this movie for me do you have any strong feelings towards Korg at all, or is are you just kind of like, yeah, he was fine? Yeah, he was fine. I mean, he, I could have done without him. Absolutely. There you I, go. All I right. think I think it worked at first for the introduction. Uh, you know, Thor gets put in that little prison room, so you know there needs to be someone there to kind of bounce some dialogue off of. Um, he had a line or two that was kind of funny, like when he first says, oh, "I'm gonna just call you New Doug." You know, I chuckled. Um, and then there was other stuff, like I said, the foundations for Asgard, not funny. Um, the part where he's holding the little pink thing, he's like, oh, he's been dead for hours. Like, there's there's just no need for most of his dialogue. Like, Asgard had just been destroyed, and, like, can we just have a moment here, but it's like, oh, let's, 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 you know, let's remind the audience that we're still having fun here, and let's bring in the cute little pink slime dog. Um, oh, God, I just, that that's just Marvel to it. Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree on that one. Um, I, I thought the character did work because, you know, they said... We're going to need a revolution. So he helped start the revolution. And then obviously the uh, Revengers, as they call themselves, could use a little more help uh, defending or taking back Asgard, if you will. So I felt like the character was necessary in that. I just felt he probably had too much dialogue. Uh, and yes, most of his yes. joke didn't land. So it, I didn't mind the character being there. I just minded when he opened his mouth most of the time. He was relentless, and that's like that's part of the Marvel method that pisses me off. It's just they're relentless sometimes, and that's one of the characters who is relentless to me. Um, I, I just couldn't stand that rock creature. Uh, I mean, then you have the puns, like, with the... I mean, uh, the scissors thing was okay. Uh, I mean, I actually... Like, the rock, paper, scissors thing, like, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a pass for that. I actually kind of chuckled at that one. All right. You see, folks, I'm not, I'm not completely cold-hearted. Yeah. All right? I no, can that, laugh. That, that was a very good joke. I do have a question for you on the humor, and I kind of want to know how you feel about this. Uh-oh. All right. What did you think of uh, Matt Damon and uh, Sam Neill? Being- yeah. So so the Matt Damon thing, so, like, on paper, funny. Like, I, I just think this was a case of bad timing. Um uh, only because, like, y- y- so, you know, for those who have been living under uh, a rock or for those who have been living under Korg, basically, <laughs> there's a good pun for you. Uh, so, you know, you have all this Harvey Weinstein stuff going on. You know, there's been all these allegations against him. Uh, you know, I don't need to rehash that story. It's been all over the news. The The only reason I bring that up is because Damon has, like, been a little bit linked to it only because, like, he's he obviously worked with Harvey Weinstein a lot. Um, and so there's kind of been all this discussion of like, hey, like, you know, 
has Damon been too quiet on this stuff? Like, you know, did, did he know any of this stuff going on? You know, I don't know if you've been following that story at all, but like, you know, you know, like at the end of the day, like, I don't think anything's going to like happen to Matt Damon or anything, but so that like, that's the only, so I think on paper, like could work, but I, I did kind of feel like an, like there was definitely some chuckles, but I did feel a little bit of an odd vibe from the audience just because he has been in the news a little bit in regards to that story. So, uh, you know, I think like if you take that out of it, I think it actually works. Um, so I don't know if you got any weird reaction in your screening or if you've been following that story at all. Uh, definitely. I mean, as someone who, you know, loves film, it's kind of hard not to, uh, you know, take notice to that. Um, that's all, you know, kind of beside the point really with, uh, like that's, that's a podcast for another time, as you've said, but, um, I thought, you know, the Matt Damon cameo was kind of cute, you know, just like a small little thing. It didn't really detract from the movie. It actually technically, I would say, filled in with the plot very well because it was Loki as Odin. Right. Reenacting a play that never happened. Um, so, you know, it was, you know, I got a chuckle out of pretty much everyone, especially about 30 seconds after because no one really noticed it was Matt Damon at first. I don't know how yeah, he, yeah. it looks exactly like him. But then you you started to get the rumblings of notice of people like, oh, shit, that's Matt Damon. So, you know, you got some laughter. No one, I don't think, in my theater knew who Sam Neill was, which is just all sorts of unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> but I also thought that was very funny. It's just, you know, it's it's a cute little thing that didn't detract from the movie put in there. I think, uh, you know, you say that they – a lot of the humor takes away from the film a lot, which I agree with sometimes. Um, this one I felt was put in there. Didn't take away – didn't really add anything to the movie but also didn't take away from the movie. It was just a cute little – one minute scene. No, I actually generally agree with you. Like if you take the real world stuff out of it, I actually like, like I think that's pretty funny. And even though that is one of those examples of something that like takes you out of the film, um, I would let that one slide. Like that's pretty clever. Uh, yeah. It was Sam Neill. It was he in another Marvel movie or am I completely wrong on that? Uh, I don't think Sam Neill has been in a Marvel movie yet. If he has, I am, I am was he? Am I like completely crazy, or was he in Ghost Rider, or am I completely like insane? Ah, uh, God, I have blocked out the Ghost Rider films. We're talking about Sam Neill, Jurassic Park, Sam Neill, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I don't think he was in. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm completely a crazy person. Yeah, I don't think he was in there. Uh, all right. So, okay, one other, uh, one other character. Well, two other characters. I just want to bring up really quickly because I really don't have a, a lot of strong thoughts on them. Uh. Carl Urban completely wasted, like, I don't care, I scourge. Like, they try and have this little character thing with him, but he was nothing to... Like, and and I'm being dead serious about this, like, not trying to... Like, I honestly didn't know that that was Carl Urban until I looked up the IMDb after I saw the film, and I was like, oh, Carl Urban was in this movie? He's 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 a really good actor. Obviously, he's amazing as Bones in the Star Trek series. Like, did you have, like, any thoughts on Carl Urban at all in this film? Uh, so I knew he was going to be in this. I didn't know exactly who he was going to play. And the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, where the hell is Carl Urban? Did not look like Carl Urban to me. It wasn't until the the little redemption scene where he grabs his two guns, which I thought was a nice little moment, you know, for a character that really didn't mean anything. Whatever. Um, that I was like, oh, that's Carl Urban. Where has he been the whole time? I kind of thought he was Korg at first. Um, but yeah, I you know, it was... The character was fine. Again, didn't really do much for me. Didn't 
bad or good. Um, like I said, I liked his, I liked his little ending where he sacrifices himself to sort of. You save. didn't need Carl Urban for that role. True, you could have had nameless actor yep. for that role. Um, and the other, in just poor Idris Elba. Like, I'm sorry, but he did absolutely nothing for me in this movie. And I think the guy's a really good actor. I, I feel bad that he's just been saddled with a lot of garbage lately. Um, and not that, like, you know, I mean, I obviously don't like this film a lot. I know a lot of people do. But for me, like, Heimdall in this movie, just, like, I didn't care. Did, am, I, am I completely off base here? Did you like Heimdall at all in this movie? Uh, no, not too much in this. Um, I actually, again, did not know Idris Elba was going to appear in this. I assumed he was too busy. When they show the sword getting stolen, I thought it was Jamie, uh, uh, Jamie Alexander's character. Because where the hell was she in this movie? Well, yeah, that, I was going to ask you about that too. Like, I actually, I, I like that actress a lot, and I like the character of Sif. Um, now, like, what? Yeah, why was she not in this movie? Now, is this a case where she was too busy with her TV show? That's, that's my, exactly that's what my it was. Guess. Yep, I looked it up, and she just could not get the scheduling to work out with Blindspot. I think is the name of the show. And then, uh, you know, they, another huge problem I had is, uh, at least at first, was. Uh, how Hela kills the Warriors three just so easily. Oh my God. Those guys got shoved under the rug in two seconds. Jeez. Right. And my friend made a point and I still don't like it too much, but he made a point that it's showing how powerful she is, that she could take out three of the most, uh, three of the strongest warriors in Asgard so easily at the same time, while she is strong, she didn't show so much of that power. So it like, it, it didn't balance out very well. I mean, okay, like, it's, that was pathetic. Like, you saw, um, I think it was Hogan. Um, I think you see him take, like, a couple nice little swings at her, but it's like, nah, whatever. Uh, I mean, I don't know why they felt the need to kill off the Warriors 3. Like, like they, like, like they, they could have been hiding or whatever and then rejoin up with Thor at the last battle, but, I mean, whatever. Um, so they're, I mean, they're gone. Right? Well, I mean, it's, it's a Marvel movie, so I guess they can always come back. Um, by the way, for those who care, uh, Clancy Brown did the voice of Searcher. He was the big fire guy who blew up everything at the end, in, in case anyone cared. Did um, he really? Wow, I didn't know that. That was Clancy Brown. So, again, just another waste. Just, uh, yeah, to me, just a few few too many wasted performances. Um, let's actually talk about Asgard for a little bit. So, look, I, look, the action, yeah, it was, like, it was fine, like, well-filmed, like, you know, entertaining, but... I was just so, like, like to me, like by the climax, I was just so checked out of the story, and I just didn't care that it's it's the it's it washed over me like any other mediocre action film would. Um, but look, I get it. I mean, you you definitely like the action. This one, I think you talked about it at all. I mean, do you think this was better action than in the other two Thor films, or do you think they would like they're on par for you? Um, I thought this one had a lot better action. I mean, the first one really just has the first frost giant battle, which is way, which was filmed way too dark. Like, right, I could, completely agree. And I saw that movie Quick Diversion. I saw the first Thor in 3D by accident. Um, I specifically went to a showing that was supposed to be 2D, um, and then they were like, "Oh, sorry, everyone, we screwed up." And then they handed out the dumb 3D glasses, and I couldn't see a damn thing. But I'm uh, oh, sorry, Quick Diversion. Um. And then there's – so there's the battle with the, the Frost Giants and then the battle with the Destroyer, which are fine. I mean they're you know they're nice little action scenes, but they're not great. I could not tell you a fight in the second movie. Um, but I, I definitely thought the battle with Hulk was fantastic. Uh, and I, I – you know I enjoyed the last battle for what it was. I mean I thought it was awesome where he got his 
got a thunder powers and he just jumps in the air and all the lightning's coming off of him. That was visually probably one of the most beautiful things I've seen all year outside of Blade Runner. The the lightning stuff was good, but other than that, I, just, I mean, it, it's just the type of action that I've seen 900 different lightning. Right. I mean, also, CGI can I talk about this and... opportunity? I okay. like Led Zeppelin and the Immigrant Song is fantastic. How <laughs> God's name have they not used Kiss's God of Thunder for a Thor movie yet is beyond me. Gene Simmons will take any sort of money. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe uh, I mean, do they are they charging too much for these things? I I don't know, but God of Thunder would have worked perfectly in that. Scene. You would think Led Zeppelin would be more expensive, exactly. But... Or like, well, yeah, but you know what? They could have used both. I mean, because they used the Led Zeppelin song at the beginning, and then why not use it? And then they repeat it at the end, right? Um, I mean, it worked. You know what? Actually, that's a good transition into something that I think has been obscenely. This is actually something I didn't talk about in my review, but. I'm sorry, the score has been obscenely overrated. It was fine. But I kept reading about, like, oh my god, this score is awesome! It was whatever, like, there was a few nice synth moments, but I, like, it was just another whatever Marvel score. Like, I don't, which pisses me off, because I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mark, uh, Mothersburg, I believe is how you pronounce it. I'm probably butchered that. But, like, he, I mean, oh my god, I, his score for Rushmore back in the day, I mean, I still listen to that thing. Um, but no, but like, I'm sorry, like the score did nothing for me. Like there's a couple nice moments, but God, people were making such a big deal about the damn score. And I didn't, I didn't get that at all. Same thing with Dr. Strange. Like people were making a big deal about that score. And I thought that was forgettable too. Did you like the score here? Did you, did you think it was great? I, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a score guy. Like I have an entire Spotify list, uh, dedicated to movie scores. I'll definitely throw the Thor one on there, but it's not as high as everyone says it is. I mean, it, it had a very big Avengers vibe to me. Honestly, some of the songs sounded exactly like the stuff I heard in Avengers to where I thought they sort of just recycled it. So it was okay. I mean, it, you know, it worked in spots. Like you said, there was some really good synth beats, but it's not, it's not the top tier score. Right. Uh, it also not up there with Avengers, not up there with the first Iron Man, not up there with even the guardian score. It does also doesn't help that like I had just finished watching stranger things too. And where it's like you get synth music in that, which blows this, you know, putrid synth music out of the water. Right. So, well, that's just not fair. No, no it's not. No, it's fantastic. It, that is not fair at all. So I, I just like, I'm sorry. I, I don't get the love for the score. I mean, and that that's like one of the that and um and Hella were and, and I guess in Jeff Goldblum, too. Like those were the th- three elements I was really excited about. Um, So, I mean, look, like I. All right, to kind of like start wrapping this up. I mean, at the end of the day, listen, I don't hate this movie. And the rating that I gave it, you know, I gave it a 5 out of 10, which for me is, look, it's passable and it's entertaining at parts, but I just, like, I don't care. And the reason why, and so that's my objective rating for the movie. It's a 5 out of 10. The reason why, you know, I just, I get emotional about this stuff is it's because the the Marvel stuff, it's, it's shoved in my face and... It just has this power over people. It does drive me crazy. Like, I'm just going to completely admit that. Um, it just to me, like, Thor Ragnarok, it's the same thing. Like, I don't see a big difference between, like, this with, like, Doctor Strange or Ant-Man. I mean, like, whatever. I mean, take your pick. I, I just... It's another Marvel movie. It's it's fun. It's entertaining. Um, I, I just... At some point... 
I want something different, and but clearly I'm in the minority, and I can't, like I said in my review though, at the end of the day, like I can't fault them for continuing to pump out the same types of movies because they're getting critical praise, they're getting love, and look, they're making tons and tons of money. So who am I to tell them otherwise? All I can do is speak to my own opinions and my preferences for these things. And I just wasn't a fan. It's just, to me, it's another Marvel movie. So let me ask you, so you like this film, clearly. Um, You did kind of say, like, maybe kind of, like, bottom top ten of your Marvel movies. Like, you're a fan of these movies. You're, you're, you're a big MCU fan. Do you think you... you do you think that you are going to reach the point soon, though, where you want to see them try different things? You know, or do you just say, like, hey, continue pumping out these same movies and I'll be happy, you know, kind of where are you with Marvel after watching Thor Ragnarok? Um, I, you know, like, as you said, I am the fan. Um, I, I think once infinity war ends, um, they will probably start trying new things mostly cause they're going to have to Robert Downey Jr. is getting old. Chris Evans isn't going to be around forever. Um, I think they are already kind of starting to try new things. Like Guardians was a stretch. Guardians shouldn't been a movie that should not have worked because the comic book is was at least before the movie garbage, and they made a fantastic film out of a garbage comic book. Um, I think with Black Panther they're trying something new. You know, a character that's not too well known. I'll get to that in a minute. But I agree. Captain Marvel's coming out, uh, which again a character that's not too known. Even like Ant Man. You know, a small unknown character, and the movie, uh, not the best, fine movie, it was fun. Um, So I think they are trying stuff new, but they're really going to have to, after Infinity War, really try something new, because your your lead's going to be Spider-Man at that point. You're not going to have Iron Man anymore, you're not going to have Captain America, you're probably not going to have too many more Hulk or Thor movies under your belt either. Um, So you're going to have to bring in some lesser lesser-known characters and kind of hope they work out. It's just really interesting to me. Like, you know, at one point, like, is there going to be a Marvel movie um, where, you know, critics finally say, like, yeah, like, I've I've had enough. And it doesn't seem like, like, it seems like they're, I mean, I guess, is this still, like, the highest-rated Marvel movie? I just, I don't understand that. Um, yeah, that one, that one I don't get either. It's, it should definitely be either Iron Man or Avengers, at least in my opinion. See, for I, I still think the first Guardians is the best MCU movie. I mean, some of the ones... So, like, I think... I, I like the first Guardians. I like the first Iron Man. And then Guardians 2, actually. Like, those are, I guess, my favorites. Um, uh, Winter Soldier I like as well. My only thing with Winter Soldier is just... I think that movie gets ridiculously overrated. Um, but it is a good movie. Civil War is the one that drives me crazy. That That's, like... I think Civil War is, honestly, the most overrated superhero movie ever made. Um, oh, I I respectfully disagree with you on that one. Okay, it's because the I mean I don't want to get too much off on a we don't have to, you know. There's a podcast you can listen to on our on <laughs> on where Bill and I really go at it on Civil War. My biggest problem with Civil War is that it's not a good script because I honestly I feel like the Civil War aspect just completely goes away in the middle of the film and doesn't get resolved. And to me, that's why I think that movie's a mess. Um, there's definitely, I mean, I, I like some of the Iron Man stuff there, but I just think that's a very jumbled and convoluted story. It's, it's way, you know, it's okay. Like it's one of the Marvel movies I can stomach, but I just, I think like 
like that's the one where people say like that's the best Marvel movie ever made. I'm like, ah, no thanks. Um, which actually is a good transition into kind of like what's next for Marvel. So, you know, you mentioned it. So we've got three next year, uh, starting in February with Black Panther. Now, I'm going to say this. As someone who obviously is not a big fan of these films, you know, there were three MCU movies this year. I liked one out of three. Um, I'm telling you right now. I have, I actually am going to have expectations for Black Panther, okay? And there have been two trailers. And in both trailers, there have been zero jokes. None. Seriously, go back and watch those trailers. And this is a movie that I can't believe I'm about to get suckered in. But I actually think this is going to be a truly great MCU movie and part of it is because of the director they got but I'm telling you right now if I walk into Black Panther and they just give me another hey it's just a fun MCU movie and completely waste the directing talents of Ryan Coogler in this cast you think I was hard on this film I'm going to come down in that movie with the fury of a thousand Kryptonian sons like I, this is the one where I'm not going to accept it like I want something really meaty here with Black Panther. The trailers have shown me that. I'm looking forward to this one. This is the MCU MCU movie I really want to hit. Uh, Very quickly, your thoughts going into Black Panther next year. Uh, I am incredibly hyped for Black Panther. And as you said, we were were talking about tone earlier. Black Panther is a character that needs a more serious movie. You can sprinkle in a joke or two. Like the Dark Knight... Is a very serious movie. It has a few jokes that work very well. Of course. You can do that with Black Panther. But if, if Black Panther is in the vein of Thor Ragnarok or Guardians of the Galaxy or Spider-Man, it's not going to work. It needs to, it needs to, you know, play itself very seriously. Not very seriously, but seriously enough. Like this is a, you know, a non-American film technically, if you think about that. It doesn't take place in America where we like to, um, where we like to, you know, make humor out of a lot of things. It's a technically a very isolated place where they might not understand humor very well, and there's a lot of savagery and violence, and that needs to be shown in in the film. And Michael B. Jordan's the villain, right? Am I? Oh am yes, I, so, absolutely. And that's that's interesting. I like that because um, I don't think you've really seen kind of in this universe like a very kind of like young raw villain like that. I think that would be interesting. Um, so look, I, as much as, look, I, I bemoan the MCU, but I'm telling you right now, I am looking forward to that one a lot. And if they, if they give us a Thor Ragnarok Black Panther movie, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm just going to explode in the movie theater. Like I just, just, there's just going to be a pile of popcorn and snow caps on my seat and like, that'll be it. So you know, I do have high hopes for that. You know, Avengers, then we have Avengers Infinity War. I mean, you know, that I, I don't know. We haven't even, I'm surprised we haven't seen a trailer for that yet. I'm actually shocked. Um, there was that, uh, the leaked footage where the Guardians yeah. uh, get Thor and again, a lot, a lot of humor in that one. I, I, but I mean, look, and I think, I don't know what to expect with that one. I mean, I'm sure that'll be Marvel overload, but I guess with like Infinity War, I can't fault him on that one for doing a Marvel. I mean, that's just going to be a balls to the wall. I think insane film. Um, you know, then you have Ant Man and the Wasp, and I, I, I don't care. 
Um, <laughs> but so I, I think you'll probably get a, I think you'll probably get an Infinity War trailer, maybe with Star Wars, and that that could work. So, um, look, uh, just uh, any any final thoughts or wrap up on Thor Ragnarok for you? You know, uh, it's like I said, I enjoyed the movie very much. Uh, I own all sixteen MCU movies on Blu-ray, even Thor. So this Dark one's, World, of course, though. gonna be. Uh, going to be added to the collection um but like like i said the the hype for it you know some of it's deserved some of it's not i'd probably put it at about eight or nine maybe even ten if i had to if i had a gun to my head and had to rank them again there's 17 of these movies they're going to be hard to rank but it's you know i i can understand even maybe someone saying oh it's my fifth favorite i cannot understand saying someone saying this is the best marvel movie ever it is not. It is a fine movie. Jokes land sometimes. Jokes don't. The action is fantastic in it. Um, something I'll definitely watch again. Hopefully before Infinity Wars comes out, I have the time to marathon 18 different movies. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. You, you said you gave it a 5, right? I'd probably give it a 7.5 out of 10, maybe highest an 8. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed Thor Ragnarok. You see, everyone, we had a nice, healthy discussion. See, I think we, I think everyone can just kind of take a lesson from that. You know, if you know, if, if everyone else had a had the uh, nice, healthy disagreement that we did, you know, on movies, you know, maybe the world could be a better place. Tommy, I don't know. Um, and at some point, we'll probably have to talk about. I think we have Man of Steel on our list of things we should probably argue about, and oh, now dude. as well as yeah. Civil War. See, that so, one might not be as healthy. Yeah, God, I mean that movie just releases anger on, and frustration on both sides. But uh, whatever, you know, we'll talk about you know we'll talk about Justice League down the road as well. Um, so that's gonna do it for us. Uh, so Tommy, go ahead and plug your social media uh, shenanigans. Absolutely, uh, you can read my reviews. And pieces on thepopbreak.com as well as any pop culture related items that I post on my Instagram where I do full movie reviews and everything related to video games, comic books, Star Wars, all that stuff at Pop Culture Tommy. Uh, and that's where you can find me. Awesome. And uh, everyone can continue to yell at me at my Twitter account. I am at D Cohen Writer. Again, that's a D Cohen Writer. Um, and also, please make sure you follow the Pop Break Twitter account, and that is at popbreak.com. It's all spelled out. So that's popbreak, D-O-T-C-O-M. It's all spelled out. Popbreak.com. Follow us. And also, please, we're begging you, leave us a rating and review on iTunes for this podcast. Um, you can find it. You go to the iTunes store. You search the Breakcast. You'll see us in the pod, in the podcast tab. Give us a rating. Even if you want to say, Dan, you're an idiot, go ahead. Just just give us a rating. We would greatly appreciate that. Um, and we'll see you next time. Uh, take care. Bye. Bye.